The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 54 of the MX Vice podcast show. 54, can't believe it. Sounds so good. Great to have you guys. Hopefully uh, the last couple of podcasts have got you through. Uh, I don't know if you, if, you, if you know, but in the UK at the moment, we're under uh, lockdown, so it's a little bit testing the times here. No one's on bikes, uh, and we're just all focused on Supercross. Today's podcast is brought to you by Fly Racing. Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Even Strokes, Yoko Europe, Supercross Live.tv, and Talon Engineering. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. As always, we have MX Vice Editor Lewis Phillips on the line. Hey, Lewis. Hey, James. And in the studio, we have Rob from Jukebox Beats, who kindly puts the podcast together every week and makes us sound uh, a little bit better than we do in actual normal life. It's good. Hey, Lewis. Wheels are still turning. Obviously not in the UK, but we have got Supercross to look forward to. Yeah, I feel like we're out in the off-season now. It's all right. Like, there's starting to be a bit more Instagram activity. There's starting to be a bit more videos on YouTube. Like, there's generally just stuff to enjoy, which makes me happy. That's good. A happy Lewis. I'm not going to lie. Obviously, my, my hype for Supercross has dipped slightly, but this 24 hours ago... I was walking the dog and I was thinking about Saturday night. Obviously, I'm not there again. I'm not in America. Borders are closed. Not my fault. Fuck the police, COVID, all that. Um, <laughs> and I was thinking about how on Saturday night, I'll be like sat there watching TV. And I was thinking about the gate dropping for the first heat race. And I was just thinking, fuck me. That is going to be like, even the heat race is going to be so good. Like, I can't wait to see who ends up in which heat race. Like, I can't wait for any of it. I got like, I can't wait to do do it all. Like, I can't wait to see what Todd Harris is like in the booth because it's going to bring back some memories. I can't wait. Like, I just can't wait for it all. It's just, I just can't wait. Yeah, I did see that Ralph has left the building. Uh, sometimes change is good. In this case, it is. Yeah, it's just still sad. Still sad. I, enjoy, I, I enjoyed uh, the three rounds that Lee Diffie did last year. I thought that he, um, I thought that he brought something quite good to the show from a professionalism standpoint, and gave. And actually, actually, if I think back now, 
he kind of the prop right. Oh, this is I'm just I had this four. I'm pretty sure I wanted to say this on pulp last year, and I forgot, and it's just come back to me. The problem with Ralph and Ricky was that Ralph would set Ricky up to say something that was stupid. So Ralph would go like, "Oh my god!" Uh, wait, I need an example. Um, something little would happen, like uh, someone would go around a flat turn and the back end would step out, like the tiniest little bit, like nothing, like nothing, like even my level riding, like it just happens to everyone, like it's nothing. It, no one knows it's nothing. And then Ralph would be like, "Oh my god, I can't, I can't believe that, Ricky." And then Ricky would like almost be like a deer in headlights. This is how I see it. Ricky would almost be like a deer in headlights and be like, uh, uh, like not know what to say because he can't say to Ralph, "Yeah, you're sh- that's fine. You're stupid," but you but you also can't analyze that because what is there to like? So then he'd always be in this weird waiting zone. Whereas with Lee last year, I felt like Lee only spoke to Ricky when he had something intelligent to set him up for, and therefore it brought Ricky along a lot because Ricky was given the questions that allowed him to give intelligent answers and actually show what he can do and what he knows. Jesus. Look at you with the insight. No, that's just my opinion. That's not just even just the, you don't even just watch the racing, you're analysing now the, the presenters. This is insane. I just love it. I need a head. I need, I've got a headache. <laughs> We're four minutes in. <laughs> I know, this is too much. Is that the point of my own of a week? <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, right. Um, so, let's, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited about Supercross, but I gotta be honest, I'm not as excited as you. Like honestly, though, I we're gonna preview Supercross a little bit in here because I have some opinions and I've got no one to talk to them about, seeing as I'm not in America. Okay, um, I'm always a good preference for uh, for anything you want. Well, you're not going to be speaking; you will be spoken to. Oh, okay. I'll just sit here. Yeah. Um, well, and well. We might, we, you might be replaced on next week's podcast by the looks of it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's make that happen. Well, well, uh, well, the person's keen. Oh, we like keen people. Yeah. I'm gonna, I could get my nails done or something next week. My uh, system just went into automatic mute. Don't Did know how it? that happened. Uh, was your penis on the, on the laptop? No, I think my laptop just got a bit sick of me talking about rubbish. Uh, it's probably just excited and overloaded your supercross analysis of presenters. Um, this uh, you mentioned a lot of stuffs happened on social media. So what have you seen? Oh, not a lot. Just you know, just just the general like bullshit posts. Like had a great day at the test track. Like in the off season, you just m- miss general stuff. I want to. I just want to see a photo of someone in the air with blue sky behind them, with nothing really about it at all but it just gives you stuff to look at. Just generally, like, there's just activity. Yeah, that's good. Seems that uh, a few people um, managed to time the whole lockdown thing correctly and get out of the uh, of the UK and head to Red Sands, which was... Uh, well, I was, more talking about, I was more talking about AMA stuff, but sure. Okay. But I do um, have a comment on something I've seen on social media lately. Ooh, do it. Oh, now? Don't hold back. Don't hold back. Ben Watson looks good in his videos. Really? Oh, we've actually, well, I should probably talk about this more later. All I've, all I've seen is the videos on Instagram. Yeah. But I feel the hype in that area building as well. Hey, don't put too much pressure on him. I'm, I'm just generally quite excited for everything at the moment, to be honest. It's a, it's a good time. 
it's not surprising. It's been a it's been a hard winter for you. So I, I'm I, I'm I'm good. It's good to get this excited Lewis Phillips back. It's nice to be. It's nice for that to be recognised for once. December was like I don't even remember December. It was just miserable. The paracetamols didn't work. Oh yeah, I did have COVID, didn't I? That's probably why. Yeah, I genuinely forgot about that. I was just thinking about that. I was bored, and then I just remembered why. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) spent a lot of time horizontal. Um, So one thing I did see on MX Vice this week, but I have to confess, I did not read it. So apologies. Um, But I believe you brought some insight from the Van Horbeek move. Um, Yeah, I spoke to Van Horbeek as promised on last week's podcast, and um, actually. I've I've never really had much of a relationship with Van Horbeek. I'd say out of everyone in the paddock, he's probably one of the people I've spoken to less because just because generally he's not very present to the media. Yeah. You don't it's not someone you just bump into and talk to like ever. So I, w- I wasn't really sure he'd want to do an interview, to be honest. I just kind of threw it out there and hope for the best. But I actually spoke to him quite a lot off of the interview as well. Like he was really chatty. And I learned quite a lot in that way as well. That's cool. Yeah, like um, he was telling me how like he's fully accepted now that he's not going to be world champion and he's not going to be um, top three in the points anymore. And like that's why this beta project... By the way, is it beta or better? I don't know. Yeah. I've always said beta. But... I have a lot of jokes lined up. This better be good. Well, this is the thing. If it's better, then I ain't got much to say. But if it's better, then I've got quite a lot of stuff to roll out through the season. Fantastic. Um, oh, we can't wait for that. If only we could get Petar Petrov on better, because then Petrov could be better on a better. <laughs> again, again, too early. Oh, sorry. <laughs> too, too early. Uh, no, yeah, just and generally, it, as I kind of... Petar on a better. <laughs> I like that. Petter could be better on a better. <laughs> As I kind of thought or like hinted at last week, I think the beta could be closer to what it needs to be because of the basis they have in Enduro. And that's kind of what Van Horbeek confirmed. Like, this isn't Coppins going to Aprilia like I first thought. Apparently, the chassis is better than his Honda. The handling's better than his Honda. He said it feels like a bicycle because you can just, as you can imagine, an Enduro bike is very nimble and like it just is like that biggest problems are the engine needs way more power obviously again they're used to enduro where you don't want a 450 barking like most it possibly can yeah and the other problem is that the team the bikes or the manufacturer whatever it necessarily is is they aren't there isn't the capability to use electronics on a beta at the moment so like okay. you can't plug in a laptop and see what the, and fuck around with the engine mapping or see where are the spikes, like the RPM spiked off the start and stuff like that. So he said it's hard to progress with power at the moment because of that, but apparently electronics are coming. And also weird, the weirdest thing for the interview is a most, like, most normal question. I said to him, like, yeah, um, I was quite surprised you signed a two-year deal. Obviously, that means that you have fire to be an MXGP and also believe in what you kind of tested with the bike. And his immediate reply was, yeah, there's a clause in there that means that we can both get out of our deals with no hassle if, um, if I want to after a year. It's like, okay. Wow. If you want insurance policy. Like, Fair enough. Like, thanks for pointing <laughs> that out. Fair enough. 
I did not ask, funnily enough. Yeah, just if there's anyone out there who uh, is looking for uh, somebody in a year's time, I'm here. No, he did say that's not the plan, but yeah, I just thought it was weird that he immediately pointed that out. Yeah. But no, I think Does he sound excited about the about this like new project, new challenge? Yeah, I think I think I said it last week as well. He's a guy who's got a chip on his shoulder, so I think proving people wrong on a beta will make him happy, and I do feel like that is something that's motivating him. He did say that he had some offers from other teams, but they were just normal offers, and he just kind of ignored them because okay. he's just had twins as well. So he said, yeah, he said he had accepted the fact that he wasn't going to race anymore. Like that, like in his mind, he was kind of retiring before this beta deal came up. So is he going to be based in Italy, or can he can he still work? Um from Belgium I'd imagine he'll stay in Belgium and travel when necessary but obviously the, he said it's a full factory team like people don't he said people don't believe me when I say that because it's beta but like the factory is in Italy and if I want a part made they can make it in the factory so that's cool that's very also cool. interesting in the new um, MXGP magazine David Luongo said about how yeah it's great to have beta involved and we could have one or two other manufacturers joining the series in the next couple of years like who? Razor scooters? Sherco. Like, well, I kind of started thinking about those enduro brands, but really, like, I don't know. Like, obviously, he must know something to say that. What about a Kajiva comeback? That could be pretty cool. I don't know. I just GT bicycles. I don't, I don't know. Like, specialized. Like, who knows? But yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Maybe Suron. Maybe he's actually thinking about the electric brands. I'd imagine that it's not Suzuki. God bless <laughs> you, you, you are so anti. No, you're not anti Suzuki, but you're no, like it's just, the truth. You're, you're just like digging like a massive hole to bury them in. Well, no, it's the truth. Like it's, it's, it's just the truth. Like I wouldn't be saying this if we were just talking about America because they've got a, they've got a two fifty team and they've got a four fifty team. But truth is, they aren't in MXGP. Like, what do you want me to do? pretend um one thing i was going to ask you was uh regarding uh, jvh did you did you speak any any like to him about wages or or what is kind of you know is it is it good contracts financially for him well, actually again i said to him like first question was something like oh you're a beta factory rider but you wouldn't have believed that two years ago um just tell us how that deal came about and his first reply again was yeah they came to me and straight away I told them what I needed from budget. He was like, I decided to be straight up because I need to be paid and this is what I deserve. And they said that they were happy with that. And I was like, okay, again. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I wanted to ease into that a little bit. But, um, he's, he's like the gift that keeps giving. Yeah, but he is a brutally honest person. As a person, I think... I like that. Yeah, so like you can get people weren't happy with him saying that the chassis is better than the Honda. But I believe him because he also pointed out the negatives with the bike. So he wasn't just blowing smoke up the exhaust. <laughs> Do you like that? <laughs> <laughs> I and you took acid this morning. No, I was going to say blowing smoke up their ass, but then that just came to me as I was saying it. Yeah, you, you've definitely taken something this morning. I thought that was quite good. <laughs> no, it's great. I just, I've just not seen you this happy for a long time. I'm not Is this happy. how excited you get? Well, you definitely seem happy. No, I've just got stuff to say. Give it 10 minutes and I'll run out of things to say. Uh, okay. Okay. Have you, have you got all this written on a little pad? No, I've got one pad next to me that says podcast. <laughs> 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 <I'll> say <it. laughs> 
<laughs> Good work. Um, yeah, it's underlined. But that's yeah. interesting that um, he, he asked for his remuneration um, up front and they were happy to, to oblige. I'd like to point, I'd like to say something on that. Um, the theme of the off-season is other European websites fishing for clicks by constantly asking people about riders' wages and like, oh, Pete, like, oh, oh, oh. And I think we're all, I think, I think the other day I sussed for problem. So okay, I gotta be honest. I wasn't aware of the problem, but but no, no, the problem is in the perception. Like oh, okay, people now have this perception that GP riders aren't making money. Oh, they're making money. Yeah, the top riders are making money. They're making good money and uh, and deservedly. So that's fine. Don't need to even talk about that. The problem comes with the now chefs of the world and stuff like that because naturally, again. People look at it like DeSalle and Paul Lant retired because they couldn't get paid. No, no. They made a lot of bloody good money over their careers. They just got to the point now where they're obviously on downhill slopes. And rather than invest in those riders, team managers were looking to invest in up-and-coming riders because why would you pay a rider who's got one or two years left very good salary? And then in two years' time, you've not developed and you've not developed your team or your talent. So that is a false, that's fake news, fake news. Yeah. Okay. So the problem comes when you look at guys like Bobashev because they are struggling to make a living. And I think part of the reason is, obviously it's easier to be, a, like, I was, this is how I kind of came to a solution. Um, well, not a solution, but the answer of what the problem is. Bobashev is effectively the European equivalent now to Kyle Chisholm. Agreed? I think yeah. that's fair enough. That's a... Yeah. Rough about uh, close enough. Yeah, agreed. And Kyle Chisholm isn't getting a salary from a team. He's had to put his own privateer program together for however many years now. But no one's crying about it. No, no fans are like, oh my God, oh my God, because he markets himself, has his own little Chiz brand, um, own logo, blah, 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 and kind of makes the privateer thing work. It's not really possible to do that in GPs, but on the other end, these riders aren't exactly doing a lot to make their brand something that people would Agreed. personally in. So Agreed. it's not a problem for the DeSales or the Carolis or the Prados or even the up-and-coming riders. But when the, door, the team door closes on you and you have to start getting creative, I feel like not those, those riders don't necessarily have the tools or the, the general... Like, they don't really have the package to go to a, someone and be like, go to KTM and go, I want to run my own thing doing European GPs. They just kind of go, this is my name and I want to do this. Like, there's no, like, this is my social media. This is, and again, I don't want to get into that part, but it's more just, American. I feel like American riders are better at, like, I guess, marketing themselves, but more specifically, making something happen out of nothing. But that's where you have to give huge kudos to someone like Sean Simpson, who has gone out and marketed himself, who has gone out and put a package together. And it's, it does strike me that more GP riders aren't looking at what Sean's doing and then understanding, okay, that's why he um, is tried to build his brand. That's why he's kind of um, tried to have his supporters and stuff like that. It's like, that's a great example of uh, it can be done. 
Yeah, that's a great... That I didn't even think of that example. That is a perfect example. Sean has religiously, his entire life, or entire career, built up the Simpson Army and the Sean Simpson brand and SS24 and all of this stuff. And that's now serving him well because no one, no one is... No fans are crying about Sean doing his own team. No, they're all behind it. They're, they're buying, no, no, they're buying the t-shirt. Like it's normal. Instead of... Cr- like, everyone should be going, look at... Well, Sean's done it. And Sean clearly is making it work. So, yeah, why can't other riders? And also, I like, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, yeah, perfect point. Sean is doing it almost the American way, and he's made himself into something that people would want to get involved in, and they see value in. Like, Liat now uh, his goggle sponsor, so they've obviously gone like that's a step up for Liat with the Sean Simpson program. So yeah. there's like they've obviously seen value there. So we, uh, what would be really cool is uh, for for you to kind of sit down with Sean and dissect about how he's gone about and built it in the background and stuff like that. Because I think that'd be a really interesting podcast. Yeah, I'll try. <laughs> Brilliant. I prefer if you didn't tell me what to do. <laughs> oh my god, you're like a disobedient child. Yeah, it's a, it's a good idea, but I, I'd rather you not say that to me. I'll, I'd rather, yeah. Let it be my idea. I'll do it in a month when I when I can pass it off as my own idea. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> no, but uh, you're quite right. You're quite right. And in, in, in Sean does uh, is a good example. But it's a shame that more people don't do it because there are riders which are very good at building their brand and they do see the benefit of it. But they are few and far between in GPs. And again, I, I'm not saying that every rider who doesn't have a ride or can't get paid should be making their own team because. It is bloody hard, and obviously only X amount of people can pull it off. But I think you can almost get closer to that a little bit by having your ducks in a row, essentially. Yeah, there's no reason, buddy, that even if you are secure, you, there's still no reason why you can't build up your band, uh, brand band, uh, brand in the background. Because yeah, that's, that's, I mean by having your ducks in a row. Yeah, because that's gonna, um, you know, that's gonna build your presence. And, and if anything does go a little bit, or you know, just a little bit sideways, then you you've got that to kind of fall back on. But also, it could be a very good income uh, by building your brand and building your 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 fan base around it. Yeah, agreed. Ah, okay. Um, so yeah, thanks for venting about. Uh, I wasn't venting. I was just really making a point. Yeah. But it's a, it's a good point that um, is that what you were trying to trying to get to with the whole wages uh, about yeah, just, the GP just, riders no, earning? No, I just think that okay, like yeah, we all want riders to earn more. We all want that. Everyone's agreed. But I feel like the frustration is kind of misplaced sometimes amongst fans. Yeah, but but also it's down to the riders to to be more more marketable, then they will earn more money. Speaking of Bob Chef, yeah. I can't remember if I interviewed... I'm pretty sure I interviewed him after this podcast last week. And um, uh, it was January the 6th. So I dialed him up. And I said to him, oh, you all right, mate? And he was like, yeah, yeah, how are you? And I was like, yeah, I'm good. How was your Christmas? And he was like, it's Christmas today. And I genuinely looked at my phone like, are you broken? <laughs> I, I genuinely looked at my phone like, sorry? And he went, no, in Russia, Christmas is January the 6th. And again, I was like, what? So just a little fun fact for you there. Um, yeah. 
who knew that Russia celebrates Christmas on a different day? Well, what a guy for actually taking part of his Christmas day out to talk to you. Well, I immediately felt like a massive twat. Yeah, I was going to say. I bet you really like, I can only do this day as well. No, no, I'm, I'm actually, uh, I think every rider would vouch, but I am the very easygoing. Oh. So, so how is Bobby? Yeah, fine. He's just, um, yeah, well, everyone's read the interview. You, you're the only one who hasn't, so. <laughs> I, have, I have had a very busy week, so yeah, I do apologise. that's no excuse. When you're stood in a queue at Tesco, you could have it open on your phone reading it. When you're, I mean, I can, I, when you're driving, but if you're a talented driver. When I'm, when I'm stood in Tesco's, I'm making sure that I'm not stood before the line because the, the, the woman at the checkout starts like, gobbing off at me because I'm too close. And uh, there's, there's a lot of things now you've got to do with COVID. So you, I can't just sit, stand there and, and read my phone. I've got to be aware. It'll get you. Yeah, well, no, it's not, mate. Um, so far, so good. 68 tests done and still, still negative. So that's uh, what we got for part one. I hope you enjoyed um, Lewis's insights into JVH and his uh, opinions on uh, people talking or riders trying to uh, market themselves better. Brought to you by Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Brox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Evenstrokes, Yoko York, Supercrosslive.tv, and Talon Engineering. Prox Racing Parts supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the high-level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of Prox's parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. We'll be back in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Evenstrokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, 
Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 54 of the MX Vice podcast show. With an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. With all anodized internal parts and DLC coated inner tubes, internal friction is reduced to the minimum. By adding a mid-speed valve, the KYB factory kit spring fork can be adjusted over a much broader range. One of the extra features of this factory suspension product is a custom spring collar, which provides more front wheels control and increased comfort on jump landings. You too can experience the best in off-road suspension that is used by the likes of Jeremy Sewer and Ben Watson. Head to technical-touch.com forward slash KYB hyphen factory hyphen kit hyphen suspension hyphen info for more information. So, Lewis, still there? Oh, uh, yeah. You took a while, but I'm still here. Yeah, I do apologize. I went and made myself uh, uh, and Rob uh, a coffee. So, um, yeah, had to wait for the kettle to boil. You know the drill. Uh, and what did you do in your little break? Sat here and waited for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, do you want to do this game? Might as well. It's got to be done. Okay. Let's get it over and done with, then we can move on to some proper stuff. Okay, well, uh, as you well know, it's time for Are You Smarter Than a Birth, as presented by uh, Even Strokes. Evenstrokes.com is an online shop with a range of offers on Talon, Yoko, Prox, and more. Be sure to visit www.evenstrokes.com for deals on products, especially now that January sales are on. Everyone who makes a purchase of more than £15 gets entered to win £1,000 worth of prizes too. Will you be getting a prize today, James? Well, let's find out. You need four correct answers to do so. Question one. Was Tommy Searle's best result in Monster Energy Supercross? I'm going to go with a fourth. It was seventh, James. Mm, bollocks. Who was the last rider to run number one in the MX2 class? The last rider to run one. The last rider to one. Oh, Jesus, that's a tongue twister. Yeah, that's a tongue twister. Who was the last rider to run number one in the MX2 class? Damn. Uh, I want to say Paul's Jonas. Sorry, yes, that's correct. Really? Yes! Yeah. You're, you, that surprised you, didn't it? Yeah, to be honest, it surprised me. Wow. Well, I, 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 I know that you're, you're literally shocked by that. Yeah, I, to be honest, I was, I was kind of ready to roll through this quite quickly with you getting um, zero marks. You've made these questions hard, haven't you, bastard? No, they're actually not. I actually thought, if anything, they might be too easy. Okay. I thought, to be honest, I thought you were going to go for Tixia. Did he actually run the one? Yeah, on a Kawasaki. Oh. Yeah, not many riders opt to do it, do they? Uh, Caroli, Musquin, Tixia, and Jonas, the last four. So 2006, 2010, 2015, and 2018. It's like the chase, isn't it? Like, I give you the background to the answer rather than just shutting yeah. the fuck up. I like that. How many, if any, 
overall podiums has Alessandro Lupino had in his MX, in his Grand Prix career? How many, if any, overall podiums has Alessandro Lupino had in his Grand Prix career? I want to say one, but then I don't know whether I read something that he just wanted to get one podium before he finished his, before he retired. So, holy shit, I don't know what to go with. Because he has had some good rides. I'm going to go zero. <laughs> so, after saying that he's had good rides, you've just walked. <laughs> <laughs> he's had some good rides, but my answer is he's achieved nothing. Um, the uh, answer was two. Oh, bollocks. Really? Yeah. No, I'm lying. Okay, where, where, what, when were the podiums? Uh, in 2013. Fuck yeah, I'm not ever going to remember that, am I? That's like eight what, years ago. What? Did you think it was recent then that he'd had a podium? Actually, I guess you thought he'd had none, so. Yeah, I was going to say that, that, that is a, that's a trick. That's, that's not even a trick question. Well, that's did. just a ridic- mm. That is ridiculous. 2013. One of these riders has not stood on the MX2 podium. Which one is it? Shane McElrath, Mitchell Harrison, or Darian Sinai? Who has not stood on the podium. One of those riders has never stood on the MX2 podium in GPs. Uh, I'm going to go Mitchell Harrison. That's incorrect. It's Darian Sinai. He's not been on the podium at all. No, never had one. Fucking hell! I keep now meaning I'm to blown. Mitchell because I really want to know what he's going, what he's um up to this year because it seems quite quiet. But I keep forgetting. Maybe I'll do that. That's blowing me away. Sonai was good in GPs. Like Sonai, Sonai got kind of Sonai needed one more year, or for his last year not to be fucked with illness and stuff. And also, he was much better than people will ever give him credit for. Yeah. I was actually on the Sinai train. And you know what? I still am. I still. Re- I think he can do some damage um, in America if he can get on a decent program and have some bit of runner momentum. Anyway, uh, that's three. No, that's three incorrect answers, one correct. Yeah, it's not been a good day. Last, last question, really easy. Name the last rider who was announced as a JWR signing. Oh, uh, Miro Savonian. That's correct. Well done. Yes. I was wondering if you'd get that, but then again, yep. it's the easiest question on earth. Well, we talked about it last week. Well, I didn't know if you'd remember his name. Yeah. No, I, I remember. I remember. He's a good rider. Okay. Better than he's been on apparently, because you just slacked him right off. <laughs> yeah, well, fucking 2013. I don't even know what was going on in 2013. I think 2000. 2013 was a Talon Kawasaki year. That was a year to forget. Well, he was on Kawasaki as well. Yeah, congratulations. You got two out of five. That's like, not much to congratulate you on, but... No, but it's better than getting one out of five. That's the way I That's see it. True. That's true. Tommy will be pleased to listen to this and hear that you thought he got a fourth in Supercross. Like you picked him up quite a lot there. Yeah, I definitely thought he was better than he was. Well, he only did two. I tell you what's just been absolutely hilarious is the fact that Tommy's doing vlogs and also there's a picture of him washing a bike. Like, what the fuck is going on? When Tommy is next on this podcast, I have something to bring up with him that 
I think will be quite funny. A couple of things, actually. Really? Yeah. What things? I'm not, we're not going to tell you now, am I? What are they? Rider-related? Well, motocross-related, obviously. Yeah, what, as in teams or...? It doesn't matter, James. Thank you for playing uh, Are You Smarter Than a Birth? I, I want to know. It's fine. It's, nothing, it's, not, it's not breaking news or anything, just funny stories. Okay. Oh, also, I should, I should possibly add to Lewis's uh, shit introduction. So what Lewis was trying to, uh, to get across was that what we want to do is we want to invest the money back into motocross, not into uh, Facebook and Google. So even strokes are giving away £1,000 worth of prizes to customers each month. So every month we're going to be giving away a set of talent wheels at random to people who purchase from the website. So again, rather than put this budget back into um, Facebook or, or Google and it goes out of Metacross, uh, we're putting the money back in. So um, trying, to, trying to keep the circle turning and uh, help a few people out in the process. And also we appreciate uh, everybody who supported us uh, so far. It's been, uh, it's been a great way of um, bringing an extra income into, uh, into MX Vice and helping support 35 plus riders from grassroots level up. But what I was going to say, if you simply wanted to add that to my terrible introduction, my introduction literally said, everyone who makes a purchase of more than £15 gets entered into a draw to win £1,000 worth of prizes. Yeah, you weren't really specific on what the prizes were. It's exciting times. Obviously, at the start of the show, you were talking a little bit about Supercross. i I, I got to be honest, I was excited that you are excited. Honestly, my first Supercross was Anaheim 1 2007. And what is this, on TV or are you watching in person? No, the first one I went to in person. Okay. And uh, even then, I absolutely like burst with excitement. I like, just could not contain myself. But what you, how? In 2007, how old would you have been? 11. You that old now? Bloody hell, old. you're getting old. Well, I've been around a while. I'm a bit of a veteran now. Yeah. Oh my God, you're going to be like me in GP soon. Well, give me another 30 years. I'm not fucking old. Yeah, so obviously, are you still sticking to your Cooper Web theory? Yeah, I've never felt so... I feel like I've really felt so confident in someone in making a championship prediction. I'm fully, I have managed to fully convince myself that Cooper Webb is going to win this championship. That's going to happen. I don't, know what, I don't even really know why, other than the reasons I gave last week, but I'm so convinced. I just, I just really feel like he got screwed with that crash last year and let's be honest he's not a crasher so it was just a you know one of those things um and without that people are overlooking just how tight it would have been between him and Tomac so yeah I um yeah I agree I think I, th I still think Roxon's going to do something um like I said it's so like who knows he could win the first four rounds and then something could happen midweek before the fifth round and he gets shingles or something. But everything I've heard and everyone I've spoken to has raved about Roxon being very fast and very healthy, which makes has even made me start to like go, well, maybe then it is fine. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, so what about on 250 stakes? 250 stakes? Stakes, as in stakes, oh. as in... Oh. Um, I, I'm going to probably get a lot of shit for this. I yeah. don't know why everyone hates Austin Faulkner. I really don't. I don't either. I, I, I think he's good. I like him. I, like, I think 
Everyone kind of slags him off for crashing out a lot. And um, Yeah, but didn't AC do that? Well, hold up, hold up. Everyone slags Faulkner for crashing out a lot and like not finishing series, but he was half a main event away from finishing the last series and winning it. So I'm kind of like, well, give credit where it's due, like an extra 10 laps, that's all he had to make it. So it's not like he crashed out after round two. He literally did the whole series, bar 10 laps. Um, so I think he's going to be really good. Jet, I'm... I don't know, I'm like... There's a, he's going to be good. He was good last year. Very good I'm last year. curious to know how big a step up has been made in 12 months. Like, really, how big of a step up could have been made in 12 months? Do we have a, a healthy Hunter as well coming into this series? Well, Hunter's going on the West Coast, so... Yeah, but do we have a... Is, from, from what you've read, is he, is he okay now? All good? Well, from what I've read, it's people I've spoken to. Um, no, he is... He is um, he's, coming off, oh, he's obviously coming off with a shoulder injury at the last National. So right now, I think he's a bit behind the eight ball. But by the time the West Coast comes um, around, touch wood, we should finally have a healthy Hunter. That's cool. Yeah. So, what other things you look you were excited about? I think Barsh is going to be really good, and I'm more than more so than just this weekend. I'm interested to see how he is over the course of a season, whether he's more consistent, more in the ra- more in the race at different races. Like, I'm just curious to see how that gas gas thing works. How how genius was their marketing last week? Uh, we, we've got a question about that in the layout section coming up, but I'm not a fan. Really? You can't have something that confuses the masses and call it a success. Well, you can if it gets everybody talking. That's the whole idea of everyone was talking as in I don't everyone was talking in a way of I don't understand. But it doesn't matter. It got people talking. It's so freaking cool. And actually thinking about what they've done to make that happen as well. Insane. We'll talk about that later, because I don't want to spoil the question. Makes okay. you put in the question, but I am not on the same thinking as you. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, sorry. Before I interrupted, Barsha, you, you believe that he's going to be uh, showing signs? Well, it's not rare for him to go out in the first round and win. No, but that's what, but then that's what I mean. If he won the first round, everyone will go, well, he did that on Yamaha. I'm interested to see what happens beyond that. Like, okay. I do think this gas gas is going to make him more of a consistent force. Do I think he's going to win the title? No. Do I think he's going to be top three in points? Probably not. But I'm interested to see if he's more of a factor in that battle. Okay. Chase Sexton, I'm very excited to see. I, I really, I am quite a fan of Chase. And I think he is going to be very good. And like I said last week, I wouldn't be surprised if he came out and won. So who's going to finish higher? Sexton or Roxton? Roxton. This weekend, Roxton. Over the season, I'd be, I would be tempted to bet on. Well, actually, no, I wouldn't be tempted to bet on Sexton because even with everything Roxton went through at the end of the last season, he still was third in points. So, yeah, Roxton all round. Roxton, okay, okay. Did you like that question though? Made you think, didn't? It? Well, it was the first. It was the first time you've contributed something to this conversation. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'll, I'll go back in my corner. Well, no, I just quite like it if you have something to say. Give me another five shows and I'll come up with something else. Okay. You really, I really need someone to step in for those upcoming weeks when I want to talk about Supercross. 
Interested to see what Stewart's like on the Yamaha. Um, interested to see if Plessinger's improved. AC, be very cool to see him win some races and be in the battle, so that would be good. Osborne, curious to see whether the win at the last round last year and the outdoor title steps him, raises his level a little bit. And his new FMF goggles. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've pretty much covered 15 riders there, so... Yeah, well done. Uh, did you want to talk about Tim McIntyre or not? That's a good point. <laughs> and what about AC? I said about AC. Um, yeah, no. I don't know about Tomac. I just... I don't... I can't picture him winning the title in my head, and I don't know why. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I would be curious to ask him if winning the title takes pressure off or if he now feels more pressure or... The same level of pressure, but in a different way, because now he's thinking, well, I've got to defend it. I've got, like... And obviously, we know he's won titles back-to-back in outdoors before, but as we know, Supercross has been a bit of a fishy situation for him. But yeah, I'm so curious about that as well. I'm just curious to see if we have exactly the same Tomac as last year, or if, slight, or if he's slightly different, and either for better or worse, why that is. It'll be interesting to see whether he makes a bit of a statement in round one. And what, I can't what, see that. What would you take if it what, what what would you take from if he if he literally went out and won by, you know, twenty or thirty seconds? Well, take away twenty or thirty seconds. If he went out and round one ran, blah, when, if he went out and if he went out and won round one <laughs> Try saying that after two two coronas. I would be very surprised because that's just typically not his MO. He he is a slow starter. Even last year he was I was ready to smash the panic button after round one. 2017, he was just a million miles away at the start. 2018, he crashed out of the opener, which he probably would have won, to be fair. But still, he crashed out of the opener, so that's another tick in the doesn't-typically-start-well column. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I just feel like there's so many interesting stories. And then I like the fact that in the heat races, we're going to get different configurations of battles so that'll be interesting like yeah I just think it's going to be good I, well I know it's going to be good I can't bloody wait but there's obviously uh, a lot of people talking about there's one one rider missing who's that Blake Baggett yeah, we've got that coming up in the questions as well but not okay. that anyone, not that anyone really has anything to offer no subject, but but it's obviously that that's a that's a just huge isn't it a, a rider of that you know, standard is, is, is not, you know, but obviously we're going to see that in MHGP as well at some point. Well, it's not so much the fact that he's not on the line. It's more the fact that it's just mental that he's so quiet, but then you get it in MHGP as well and you've got it with James Stewart. It's just the way some guys are built in it. Yeah, it must be hard to take. It must what? be hard for him not lining up. Well, yeah, but it's not that simple, is it? Oh, I'm just, I'm just saying this. It must be hard watching it on the sofa, well, knowing that you could be out there and, and actually doing very well. Do you have any thoughts on Supercross? Anything that? Yeah, it's smaller than with me. Smaller than motocross. Loads of jumps. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, fast fireworks. That's pretty cool. Um, no, I, I'm actually like like you. I'm really excited. I, I, I'm actually. 
uh, I've actually uh, created some space in my uh, calendar. I've been on at you um, because I want to go back and, and watch some of the uh, the old Supercross races, get myself uh, in the mood. So uh, actually, we were talking and you, you've been, did you say you watched uh, the whole, was it 05 season? I watched every season from 2004 to 2015. <laughs> How do you even find time to do that? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll let you off then. I was going to say, wow. Wow. Yeah. I didn't mention Dean Wilson. I actually think Wilson could do could step up as well. And I didn't mention Ferrandis either. But I feel like um, I'm a yeah. little low on the Ferrandis hype compared to everyone else. And I don't know why. I'm, yeah, I, I don't know. We, I think we spoke about this last week. Yeah, too. we did. But most people are like struggling to pick between Ferrandis and Sexton. But in my mind, I'm quite clear on the fact that I believe in the Sexton side. The one one thing I was going to ask you when you mentioned his, his name earlier was Plesinger. If Plesinger basically goes out and has a a very mediocre or you know bad season, do you think that's the end? Yeah, that's the end. Do you think? No, no, think- this is so you. You love. You love. You, you. There's no. There's never any in between with you. It's not the end. Will he be back on a factory team? Maybe no. not. But. He would get on a team like Rocky Mountain or something. Like, it's not the end. That is so you. You do that all the time with stuff. Oh, um, uh, Hurlings, if Hurlings goes 3 free at the weekend, is this the end? Like, no, it's not, James. It's fine. We're all going to be fine. It's fine. Okay, okay. So I won't press the panic button. It's, it's- well, no, you can panic button, but that's quite different to the end. Well, you just see what's happened to Blake, and it's just like, there we go. It's a harsh world. Harsh, harsh world out there. Yeah, but again, that's not a simple, that's not a simple situation. That's not a rider losing a ride and not having a deal, is it? I don't want to step on um, your hosting duties, but uh, people may notice that we've got a new sponsor this week uh, in the form of supercrosslive.tv, which is, obviously, if you bang that in your uh, URL bar, uh, that is the only way for people outside of America to watch effectively every single Supercross round live. And I would strongly recommend it. Like you get the live show, you get the archive immediately. So say you're not one of the people who wants to wait up until 4am to watch it live, which again, I strongly recommend doing that. If you wake up 6am on Sunday morning, the whole shebang is there, the whole production. So the heat races, the LCQ, the main events, which is another thing that I really like about it and why I couldn't live without it because before I started going to America and before this package was available, the thing that I always felt like I was missing out on was the show. I've always liked how um, in America they treat it the same, like the broadcast is treated the same way they do NFL and they do all of this stuff. Like it's treated like a proper sport in a sense. So you have, well, before Ricky and Ralph would like stand and talk to camera about like, what we're going to see and stuff rather than just commentating on a race. And like, you have a little set sponsored segments and like, and whilst Americans like complain about that stuff, I like it because it adds to my supercross experience. Yeah. So yeah, it's 129 us dollars for the whole season. But in that price, you also get every single race going back to 2011 ish. But like, again, the whole show. So you can, you could watch, Every single race from 2011, every single broadcast heats everything in the best way possible. So yeah, um, Supercross Live TV. I'll keep. It's going to be linked on MX Vice over the weekend, obviously, because people are going to be asking me where to watch. 
yeah, I'd str- I strongly recommend it. Uh, as as uh, mere mortals out there, unlike you, Lewis, which gets to go to uh, Supercross in in with the uh, the inner circle, people like myself, I actually pay one hundred twenty nine dollars every year, and um, I got to be honest, it's freaking brilliant. If you've if you've not had it before, honestly, don't try and scrape around trying to find you know links and everything else. Just just get it. Honestly, it's worth the investment. Um, Twenty rounds, plus you can view all the previous. Uh, supercrosses, and that's what I was on about earlier when, when I was talking about kind of I'd like to try and catch up. But um, yeah, honestly, great investment. It's, it's I, I, the other thing as well is I like to kind of basically have a, a completely blackout from social media first thing on a Sunday morning if I'm too tired to um, to watch it on Saturday night. And literally, it's just great to get up and just literally watch all the races um, right away through. That is a good Sunday morning. I recommend it, people. Again. I don't want to, again, this is all going to be on MX Vice and it is on MX Vice, so don't feel like you have to make notes. But just so people know, this weekend, it's a slightly earlier schedule. It's obviously in Houston, so time difference isn't that big. But Houston is six hours behind the UK, seven hours behind mainland Europe. The qualifying, so the daytime practice qualifying sessions begin at 3.30pm in England, 4.30pm in mainland Europe. The first race... 250 heat one starts at 11 11 p.m in the uk and the whole the, the 450 main event will end 2 a.m on sunday morning so it's not that bad compared to like like i say i said it last week normally anaheim one it would be 3 a.m to 6 a.m so 11 p.m to 2 a.m is much improved i gotta be honest i am really excited about saturday because not only is Supercross on, but uh, if you didn't know, you probably don't know. Basically, I'm a big UFC fan. So UFC's back uh, this week. So I'm going to have simultaneously screens of UFC fighting and Supercross on. And I'm probably just going to like, you know, check out from about three o'clock in the afternoon, which is going to be hard because everybody's going to be at home because we're in lockdown. Oh, no, it's going to be bad. Anyway, yeah, fairly, fairly recommend uh, the app. Uh, and great to have those guys on as sponsors. Uh, that was a new one for me, so uh, so welcome aboard. I would just like to thank Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Props Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Even Strokes, Yoko York, Supercross, Live.tv, and Talon Engineering. With an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. With all anodized internal parts and DLC coated inner tubes, internal friction is reduced to the minimum. By adding a mid-speed valve, the KYB factory kit spring fork can be adjusted over a much broader range. One of the extra features of this factory suspension product is a custom spring collar, which provides more front wheel control and increased comfort on jump landings. You too can experience the best in off-road suspension that is used by the likes of Jeremy Seaworth and Ben Watson. Head to technical-touch.com forward slash KYB hyphen factory hyphen kit hyphen suspension hyphen info for more information. We will be back in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. 
Evenstrokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 54 of the MX Vice Show podcast. MX Vice Show is brought to you by Talon Engineering industry leaders in aftermarket wheels and sprockets. Teams like Rockstar Energy, Husqvarna Factory Racing in the USA, Rocky Mountain ATV, MC, KTM, Bill Base Honda, and more put trust in the same wheels that you can get your hands on. Get more talent information at talon-eng.com. So Lewis, it's that time of the show when we talk about MX Vice questions. Did we get questions this week? Of course. I love asking that, and I love the fact that you still like, yeah. Yeah, it's because you ask it, and it makes it sound like MX Vice is terrible, and we don't get questions. We get too many questions every week. That's good. That's good. But we don't celebrate getting a question. That is healthy. Liat sponsors Ask Vice Anything. If you didn't know that, where have you been? Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. When it comes to motocross and enduro, your feet, ankles, and calves should be equipped to take a lot of punishment. The 5.5 Flex Lock boots from Liat feature 3D-shaped impact foam and innovative Flex Lock system that locks out ankle movement, reducing ankle forces by up to 37% and knee forces by up to 35%. Learn more by clicking the Liat banner on MX Vice, where you can also enter to win a set of boots. Ooh, I did not know that. That's cool. Yeah, thanks to Liat. Uh, this is Ask Vice Anything. Are you ready, Lewis? Uh, yeah, sure am. Okay, first question from somebody called at Sean Simpson 24 What's the plan with BB4 for 2021? Interesting. Maybe he could go and join uh, Sean Simpson's team. But there is, like, I feel like people think there's one big conspiracy. And as far as I know, every single person in the world, well, not that's ridiculous, every single media person in the world has no idea. Right, so talk us through it. Talk us through what has happened. Well, no one knows. No one really knows. It was never really meant, it's never really been mentioned other than he left, we didn't even leave. It just, the team hired Joey Savacci in his place. 
And it was never really mentioned that he'd left the team or anything. That was that. There's rumours going around that month, like he wasn't getting paid or there's something to do with that. Like lawyers might be involved, but no one knows. No one knows anything. No one knows what, if he's coming back. No one knows if he's retired. There were rumours that he'd had hand surgery, but I don't think people are even sure of that now. It's just his type of personality. He is a recluse, I guess you'd say. Like if you go on his social media, even when he was at the very top of his career, there wasn't much going on there. So yeah, I guess it's just a waking game, really. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, it would be a sh- if he turned up at Houston one, which he isn't going to do. But if by some miracle he turned up on a bike, it would be like the biggest shock to the world ever. I'm very cool. Um, maybe, maybe he needs to pick up the phone and speak to Sean and say, "This is how you do it." Okay. Okay. At Chris United ninety three. How will Ferrandis do on the 450s? If he had stayed in Europe, how well would he be get, would he be getting on in the MXGP class? Would he have won the MX2 title that Geyser or Tixier won in Herlin's absence? Ooh, good question. So first, how do you think you'd get on in 450s in MXGP? I think my comfortable prediction for Ferrandis would be that he'll end the season with two to three podiums. Is that lowballing him though? Uh, I think so because I I just think that uh, like there's people out there that will say two to three wins. Yeah, I I I I expect him to to get sort of between five and six podiums. Well, so that's I'll probably expect from what I said. Yeah, but I I think he he is going to be one of those guys that's going to be there or thereabouts, as in you know putting together consecutive. Sips, fourths, fifths, and then the podiums this year. I think he's going to be, you know, he, he might. Who knows? He might come out swinging from from round one. Who knows? It's going to be very, very interesting. I think we're gonna we're gonna see a lot over the next three rounds to see where he's going to be gauged. But I think he will, um, you know, pick up points where you know people are crashing out. I think he will have that consistency. Nah, I don't know. That's, that's a bold claim for a rookie. Yeah. No, I'm 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 comfortable. Uncomfortable with that cling. Yeah. What about you? Four fifty wise. How, how do you think he would have performed in um, in the MXGP class? Where do you think he would? If he was, if he was in MXGP next year or this year, sorry. Where where would you say he he would come? I'd say it'd probably be somewhere between Sewer and Jonas, because Sewer has stepped up. I think so. Somewhere between there, maybe like which would probably make him a four-fifth type person. Okay. Um, now that I think about it. Yeah, would, would he take wins? No. I feel like I'm being harsh. I think you are. I think you are. I don't want to... I don't, wanna, I, I don't know. I'm just in a kind of show-me show me state. Wow. I can't believe that Frandis has to show you. Like, I don't know, yeah. I don't, well, like, I guess part of my confidence comes from the fact that Sexton did in the season on outdoors, so I've seen stuff. Okay, well, I, I'm trying to get my head around this, so I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Oh, God. Um, so, so do you think he's better at Supercross than he is outdoors now? I don't know. Who knows? Like, I don't see what it has to do with anything. That's just a general around his life question. Well, I'm just asking you. Um, as our as our resident uh, expert, he's the same in both. So okay, so you think he, you feel he's the same same level in both? Yeah, sure. 
Okay. You're obviously setting me up for something. Uh, no, no, no. Please don't. Please don't. Don't, don't be alarmed. I'm, I'm just interested in it, it kind of how and where you see him. Like, he has been the guy on 250s, hasn't he, in Supercross? And outdoors, not bad. Well, he won the championship. Yeah, not bad. So, so I'm just trying to get this in my head that somebody who, you, you know, saying no, he's the same indoors and outdoors and he's capable of winning uh, or being the best on the 250, yet on a 450... I'm saying he'll be on the podium. Yeah, but you were saying like two to three podiums and... Year one. I'm, not I'm not saying he'll get two to three podiums every year. This is year you're one. You're probably saying he's a four for fifth guy in MXGP. Well, Hurling's guys at Prado is a pretty tough nut to yeah. crack. Caroli Jonas in, in, in Sewer. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're kind of saying he's like a... But you don't think he's got the speed of... Um, Anywhere near sort of a geyser or a crow. Now we're talking about a complete hypothetical because he's never doing GBs. It's Houston. Well, again. Uh, similarly, I'm just asking the question. The, the, Chris United 93 deserves an answer. I'm asking you for an answer. You're telling me about Supercross results. You're not actually, he said, if he had stayed in Europe, how well would he get on the MXGP class? And I said, uh, somewhere between Sewer and Jonas, a fourth to fifth type rider? And I'm just questioning that because would you agree that he's a better rider now in America than he was in GPs? Well, that was never the question, but yes, obviously. Yeah, I'm well, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to 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 look at this, uh, and I, and I think the person that we've seen in GPs is a way different rider to um to to what he is now in America. He, he's gone up a level. Yeah, and, you and have is, journalism there. That's kind of the common. yeah, but that the level that he's gone up. Is that the same level as Geyser now? I don't know. No, because we haven't seen him on a 450 yet. Come back to me in three weeks and I'll give you your answers. You are a hard man. I, I, I actually feel sorry for the wife you find. The, honestly, the expectation levels, there's no way a woman can, can live up to these expectations. I'm very sorry. Poor, poor Dylan Ferrandis is, honestly, he must be... He must be questioning life right now coming into to Houston. I'm, I'm very sorry that I believe that the group of Tomac, Roxon, Webb, Musquin, Cincerello will make it quite tough for wins to be spread across rookies. Okay. Um, also, would he have won the MX2 title uh, that Geyser and Tixier won in Hurling's absence? So he was in MX2 at that time. Okay. So uh, I'm really sorry, Chris United 93, that Lewis is being so facetious on the show. However, this is what he's like sometimes. He was in MX2 in 2014. Uh, next question at Brad Wheeler 999. Who was the last rider to run number one in the MXGP class for a whole season? Do you think it should be mandatory for the reigning champ? I think the last rider to run it in MXGP or MX1, well, techni well technically, no one's ever done it. But I, I guess you would count the old 250 class, and Pichon ran it in 02, 03, maybe both. I guess that's the last. You know what's funny, though? Everyone, everyone goes on about um, like the superstition of running the number one plate, and I completely didn't buy it. But 
Guys are put that number. Guys at Anvial both put those number one plates on between motos at Trentino, and they both had horrific times. <laughs> so like, I was stood in pit lane and genuinely thought to myself, "Well, okay, I okay, like I accept it. The number one plate is no good." Do you think it's a mental thing there that when you put that one on one on the front that your your mindset changes? Well, Vial had a bike problem of some kind. Maybe, um, maybe uh, that was the mechanic had the pressure. And Van Horbeck's leg got stuck in uh, Geyser's swing arm. So I'm not sure what you attribute that to. Um, no, I. It's weird, though, because I feel like that's more of a superstition in GPs than it is in America. And it is cool having the defending champion always running number one in America because it like adds a bit of excitement to seeing the first photos of insert rider name here with the number one plate. Like, if Roxon wins a championship, the first photo of him on a Honda with a number one plate will go quite big. I, I've, to be honest, I'm, um, I don't know whether this is an old school thing, but I, I, I used to quite like seeing the riders, you know, have the plates in the order that they finished from the previous year. Uh, because and anybody who's coming into the sport, or, or they, they could quite quickly see that, you know, there's a kind of a grading system if, if, they're, if they're new to the sport. However, it's not like that now. There's not many people who come new into the sport if, you know, parents get you into it or whatever but uh, I think it was pretty it used to be pretty cool um uh, would I like to see it again I think I would I think I would but I do understand that 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 then goes against what we're telling riders about building a brand people are building brand off the numbers well yeah that's true as well but I I don't yeah I don't know you never hear about the superstition side of it in America but I guess that's just because it's been done now whereas it's still such a rare thing in Europe that people don't really know it's actually a bit of a mental conversation when you when I say it out loud, just makes it sound like I'm scared <laughs> of the number one. Yeah, like, like, generally, generally right. makes it feel like it's a monster. All right, okay. Uh, at Kyle sixteen Richards, please discuss the whole Barsha A one video thing. Do you think it went a little far with the media outlets getting involved and reporting on the race? The video would have been cool with him waking from a dream in Houston or something. Good point. I just cool. feel like. It was a swing and a miss. Really? I feel like they had the stadium rented, so more could have been done. In what way? Well, I don't, I don't know. Like, maybe, like, I don't know. But I just, I don't know. I just feel like for the fact that they had the stadium rented, it wasn't really utilised enough. Like, you couldn't really tell they were in the stadium. It could have been anywhere. Like, there was no shots of Massive A or, like, you know, it just was, I felt like it was a bit, and I didn't like how they had, like, a clip of an old, like, last year or whenever it was, practice session with everyone going out because then it was like, well, that's, now it just looks a bit weird. Like, because you'd never have that in a normal edit of Barsha winning A1. You'd never have a clip of everyone going out for daytime practice. So I didn't, I didn't really see how that, I didn't really like how that slotted in. And, and then everyone was confused and, like, I felt like, I don't know, just, I feel like it needed a bit of explanation behind it. Like, um, this Saturday, we're going to see if Barsha can free Pete. And then everyone would have been like, oh, what are, you, what are they doing? Rather than, what the hell is this? I just felt like, with all of the hype, I felt like the end product was a bit of a disappointment. Okay. Uh, if Red Bull's out there listening, Lewis uh, Phillips is available for uh, storytelling, uh, project management, and uh, anything else. What? Listen to me, Red Bull, TLD, and everyone 
knock it out of the park on everything. This one, I just felt like it was a little off. I've got to be honest. I, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Hold, okay, on, I, hold on, hold on. Right, hold on. right. okay. No, listen, I need to say this because I can't say this until, I can't say, I have to say this before you say what you say. On Saturday night, out of nowhere, you messaged me and said, do you have my pass to watch Supercross? Is that because you looked at Instagram and actually thought Anaheim 1 was happening? No, it was because, it was because I started seeing that stuff and thought, I'm just going to stay up and watch Supercross. I literally, I want to go back through the years and, because it made me excited. This is what this is what I thought was really cool because it, I, I went from kind of like you know oh, so, so I watch a, a TV program, pray Call of Duty or whatever, then I flicked through Instagram, seen that, and I was like, I want to watch Supercross. I want to watch Supercross. So that's why I said to you, have you got a pass? Because quite kindly, Supercross Live are helping us out with a couple of passes this year. Where usually I'm, I am paying one hundred and thirty dollars. So for me, I think they struck gold. I think. Okay, they 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 might have uh, not perfected it in in a few little uh, things which they could improve on. But you have to remember, they got everybody talking about Supercross, like and 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 as a yeah, brand no, 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 and everything else. Their goal, it, they, they they are not involved in Supercross. Their goal was not to promote Supercross. When no, of want- course it wasn't. Like. Listen, I'm not saying it's to promote Supercross. What I'm saying is it got people talking. It got people talking and looking and listening. And I'm sure that when they look back at the analytics from everything that they've done, they will see that it was a massive success. Because everybody was talking about it. So as a marketing, as a marketing project, what are you trying to do? Do something really cool that no one speaks about. Well, yeah, from that point of view, it works. I just feel like the fact that everyone was confused didn't help things. But that is the point of view. Like, you have to, it's like guerrilla marketing or you're, you're doing stuff that it takes an opportunity or takes, a, you know, advantage of a, a situation. And, and, and the situation was uh, that that was the weekend that it should have been ran. In previous years, it's always been the first, like, you know, week after, after New Year. So they, they capitalized on the whole, um, this is what should be happening, da 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 like, Yeah, I'm not saying the concept was off. I get why they did it. I just felt like the end product didn't quite... But it didn't... It, the, the whole thing is, this is where I think you're focused and, and other people are focused too much on the end product. Fuck the end product. But the point, the point to marketing is getting people talking about your brand you know, getting your brand out there or, or getting your sponsors out there. And what better way did they do than, than actually do that? What got people questioning, like, what the hell? And, 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 people, like, and people like me are going, fucking hell. Like, that's, that's you know, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm really excited now. Like, I need, I need to watch Supercross. Well, I guess from my point of view, I went to bed on Saturday and I, I kind of figured out that they must be building up to something with all of the stuff that they were posting. And I went to bed on Saturday night, excited to wake up on Sunday night, uh, Sunday morning, and see what they were at, what the end, like what was, what was it actually leading to? And the first thing I did when I opened my eyes on Sunday morning is watch the video, and I was just like, oh, it almost worked so well that it built so much anticipation in me that the end product could never live up to what I was hoping for or what I was expecting. But it got the people going. 
Yeah. It's, it I was don't a, know if I saw any positive things. Seriously. Seriously. That guy, um, is it Jeremy, what's his name? Malot. Uh, Malot. Uh, massive pat on the back. Absolutely nailed it. Got everybody talking. Everybody talking. Everywhere. So that, what does that tell you? Done his job right. Oh, yeah. I'm not denying that. I'm just, I'm not denying whether it worked as a... And that, people, is your Planet Moto bombshell of the week. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better. And you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible, visit planetmoto.com for more information. That is your Planet Moto bombshell of the week. Lewis is still not happy. I just was expecting a lot. Honestly, that's what I mean. Your expectations are just on a different level. Now, a therapist would sit down with me and go, this is why you've had issues. Me this and- is why you've had issues with him. But apparently me and everyone else. You're so focused on the end product that you've actually looked over everything that they've created and got people talking about, which is the whole that's- idea of marketing. Yeah, I'm not denying whether it works as a marketing thing, but you're you're saying I'm so pro- focused on the end product. You're so focused on the the marketing um, aspects. Yeah, because that is exactly what it is: is marketing. That 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 whole thing they're doing is called marketing. Marketing the brand and marketing the products. Tick success. Everybody's talking about it. Tick success. No one's going to go, oh, no one's going to go, oh, I'm really disappointed about the outcome of the video. I'm no, no longer a fan. It's a success from that point of view. I'm just saying that, yeah, everyone talks about it. It's a brilliant. That works. However, I personally, separately, just felt like the whole thing was a bit meh. Honestly. I, just like I said, people who uh, listen to the show can now, can now see, see, see what I work with. Because you'll you'll never please Lewis Phillips ever. Yeah, here you go, Lewis. Here's forty thousand pounds. Uh, sorry, I'll oh, thank you very much. However, it was not the fifty thousand I was expecting. Well, that's true. If I was, if someone told me to expect, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be well, I know they, they wouldn't. It is just in your mind. Your mind is is different to to everybody else's. I'm just saying, I, I'm just saying they knocked it. I'm, I'm, I'm not going on about what, how great the video was or the production or anything else. I'm going about that they literally said, okay, how are we, get, how are we going to market this team um, in, in what we're doing? How can we do that? And they killed it. Every, everybody talking about it. I, I'm just as bored of this conversation as I was that. Okay, uh, at Simo Lof. Do you think there will be a motocross of nations this year? I would think so, because by September, it should be possible. Well, I think it will be, because according to the government in the UK, I'm pretty sure other governments are very similar around the world, that they believe that every adult will uh, will have a COVID vaccination by that point. I think it's feasible to that we should be able to take our COVID vaccination certificate or, or whatever, or have a digital whatchamacallit, so that anybody who goes into the nations or whatever could actually show their certificate that they've been, in, you know, had the, the injection and, and, and everything else, still wearing a mask or whatever. And I think, I think we will get back to normality by that point. I so, just don't know if, 
like I, I don't know what's going to happen with the start of the MXGP season. So I don't know if if the MXGP season gets pushed back to X date, will that impact whether the nations runs or not? I hope it does because the AMA nationals are going to run a little later this year, meaning that with a bit of luck, maybe we'll get the Team USA that everyone wants. Which is, and also, there's a very real chance that this could be Karoli's last year. And actually, that's, you know what, that's a bit sucky. This is, it is quite likely that this will be Karoli's last year, or there's a good chance. And if it was normal when the Nations was at the end of the season, an Italian Nations would have been a great way for him to end it. But I just realised that wouldn't be, would it? Because he's got GPs after it now, because of COVID. Yeah. Nah, but it's still, still, still a nice emotional farewell to people who won't get to those GPs. Yeah. No. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it will go ahead. Um, at Greeno56, can Anstey, Watson and Simpson all run top 10 in Supercross and MXGP? I think I'd go yes across the board. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no doubt across the board. Hello? Sorry, I was actually looking at it thinking, uh, ah, are they saying that actually what Anstey and Supercross and Watson and Simpson in MXGP or the whole combination of both? Could those three riders run? No, no, no. Just... Things? Yeah. So that was no. where I was a little bit stumped. Oh, no. Um, yeah, I think so. I think, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think they can. Watson is going to be very good, I think. I don't know. I've only seen these Instagram videos, but I'm feeling the hype a little bit. Yeah. And, and we know what, you know, a bit of a stickler you are with videos. What was the finished product like? Well, it's had an impact on me. <laughs> That's not the videos I was on about. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree as well. At underscore at Alice underscore. Is Max Anstey leaving MXGP and going to start riding Supercross? I literally put this question in. What, what the hell? Like, how can, you, how can you care enough to send that question in? But, like, that question was submitted via Instagram as well. So... Presumably, that person also follows Max Anstey. Yeah, that's. Yeah, we should get him on as. Is uh, are you smarter than a birth? It's just like I just didn't understand. Like he wasn't in MXGP last year, so evidently he's left. Oh wow! Yeah, we we, we don't mean to uh, take the piss at Alice. Thank you very much I for doubt, the question. I doubt that person listens to the podcast. However, yes, uh, that's. I I don't really know. Where to go with that one? I doubt that person listens to the podcast with a question like that. Have you, have you actually made that question up? No. It was on Instagram. And I was like, what the? And I was like, you know what? People might get a kick out of this. <laughs> okay. At the Joe Wells, predictions for James's overall in Corsham Vets Championship. Ooh. Oh, that's easy. Uh, D-N-S-U. Oh, you're such a prick. I did not show up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm there. I am. I am there this year. I'm. I'm actually. Uh, I'm, I'm, I actually need to start training soon because I've still got the old uh, winter uh, tum tum, uh, which you can have in the uh, 45 plus class. So um, it's called comfort eating over this period. Yeah, I do need to start training. I need to get the bike over technical touch. Get my factory A kit suspension for caution vets. I am feeling good about this year's racing. Just need to get out of this lockdown and uh, wait for wait for the warmer weather, and I'll be there. I have to say, so, I'm so happy I don't ride. You're so happy what? Don't ride. Why? Oh, just seems like a lot of hassle. That. Oh, it's not. It's not. Honestly, riding's awesome, and not only. I, I was just thinking about it the other day. 
I love motocross and I, I love going out practicing and, and really looking forward to doing that. I'm also can't wait to get a road bike and I can't wait to get an enduro bike to go and do some green lanes and stuff like that. I just want to be on a bike all the time. I don't understand you. No, it's just I've done. I've had my day. Well, you didn't. You didn't really have a day. Well, you only done like what ten years of schoolboys? Not even that. Well, more than that. No, when? When did you I start? Did like Twelve years. Uh... Well, I did like ten years of racing every single weekend with like four different clubs. So I'm happy. So that's it. You're you're done. You don't. You, so you don't actually enjoy riding a motocross bike. No, I do enjoy it. I just it's just like hassle. Why would you not want to do it? It's a lot of hassle. I don't. I don't get. I don't understand. Well, you haven't been riding since September. Well, it's because business got in the way. Oh, so my, it seems like we should, seems like this week conversation should be happening. Be happening about you. Well, no, because I've made changes to my life in order to get back on a bike. Thanks, Joe Wells. I will see you on the line, hopefully. But um, we're, we are doing some super cool stuff um, with local clubs this year uh, through MX Vice and also Even Strokes. We're sponsoring loads of stuff and putting back in. And, and we're going to have a little, quite a cool little community, load of little pop-ups, barbecues and all that sort of stuff. Everybody's welcome. We're going to have some fun times. All, everybody except Lewis. Uh, at Kevin C430, do you know anyone who has seen the new Finnish and Russian tracks. Do you, Lewis? No, but my understanding is that I don't think the Finnish track is built. I think that's be... The Finnish Finnish? I don't think the Finnish track would be built yet, but I remember we uh, spoke about it on a podcast ages ago. The MXGP, uh, the Russian track, the new one, yeah. is actually there. Like If you type in Agora Drive on Google, you can actually see it in the photo of the road race facility. So it must be a permanent... I mean, I guess it will be changed quite a lot but it must be a permanent motocross part of that complex. So you, everyone can see that for themselves. But um, no, I've seen like animations of the finished track, like um, graphic design of how the track will run and what it looks like and stuff. But I don't think anything, I don't think that would be built yet. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. Okay. There seems to be some favoritism here because he's got a second question in. At Brad Wheeler 999, Houston won this week. So which rider who is currently in 250s will be the next 450 champ when they move up. Hmm. Well, that's actually good. I guess it would have to be between Austin Faulkner, Jet Lawrence, and Justin Cooper. The Jet wouldn't move up for a little while. Faulkner would probably be closest. Can you see Faulkner taking 450 wins? Yeah, eventually, yeah. Um, I... I don't know. It's actually bloody difficult, because you would have. I would have said Sexton or Ferrandis. And now that yeah. I did think that when you look at the two fifty cars now, losing Sexton and Ferrandis, it's kind of lost the the heavyweight type thing. Not as far as talent goes, but like the two, like two of the most established riders have gone. So it kind of it's a bit more open now. I, I'm stumped. I mean, I've got, I kind of want to say Faulkner, but everyone's going to laugh at me for that and say that oh, he'll crash. I kind of want to say Jet, but I don't want to buy into the hype that much. And like, like Justin, no, uh, I'll go Faulkner. I'll go Faulkner. Yeah? Yep. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll be different and go Cooper. Interesting that neither of us went with Jet. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll go 450. I think he's going to be in 250s for a while, isn't he? Yeah, but I guess technically he could still be the first one of the current 250 riders, depending on how fast his progress is. But no. Yeah. Okay. 
Last question, at Tony Saunders 58, any idea when the prizes for MX Manager are being sorted? Good question, Tony. Do you want me to answer this one? Uh, yeah, I'll just add that everyone who's won, who won a round has been contacted and their prize should be on the way. So if you're a round winner, you should be fine. If you haven't heard from me for whatever reason, then send me a message because I don't. you should have heard from me. So, Cool. First, I want to thank every uh, sponsor and supporter last year of MX Manager. Uh, it was great. Obviously, very, very difficult year with COVID. And um, obviously, it got very exciting at the start with, with everything happening, everyone to get involved. And then, unfortunately, um, you know, COVID hit. People, many companies actually just closed down for the whole period. Uh, lots of their businesses changes and in, 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 in those type of things. So it was, it was a real difficult year for everybody. Uh, it was a difficult year for us, um, and, and we had some trials uh, with, with MX Manager, as you know, for people who play. So what we've done, what, we, what we've decided, we've, it's taken us about two months to really kind of sit down and, and come up with a plan of, of what we're going to do, because part of us were like saying, oh, you know, last year was so difficult with everything, let's just not do MX Manager again, but we do love the game, and you guys love the game. So what we've decided to do, the people who have paid for the premium MX manager last year, you get to go into 2021 for free. You don't have to pay again. So, so basically, uh, although some of you won prizes uh, 2020, in 2020, great. Um, you've not got to pay again for, for 2021. That, that, that's what we're going to do. With the bike, with the 125, we're going to carry the prize over to 2021. A couple of reasons for that. Uh, it's just few few technical issues, um, obviously with the site and everything else, and want us to do a random draw. However, shortages of bikes uh, this year because of COVID, manufacturing went down, and uh, you know, again, it was it was a very difficult period for us. So what we're going to do is we're going to transfer the bike over to this year, and what we're going to also do is we're going to do a draw for everybody who entered twenty twenty. To uh, one person is going to be drawn, and they're going to win. Uh, a thousand pound voucher on even strokes to spend on on whatever they like. So basically, no one's missed out on anything. Everybody's gained. They've they've gained from prizes last year, and also they've not got a pay to enter sort of next year. Any new players that wanna wanna go in um, uh, for the new prizes, which are all going to be announced soon, then they can pay to enter into next year if they want to. However, next year's MX Manager is is going to be sponsored probably in its entirety by even strokes. So we have control of the prizes. Uh, we can send stuff straight out from our warehouse. So um, we're going to get the the brands involved in even strokes, involved in um, uh, MX Manager. We can we then got control that so we can send stuff out next day straight from the uh, from the warehouse. If you win kit, we'll just get you your sizes. You send them through, and and they'll be sent out. So and we'll be able to do a lot more because we're in a bit more control of uh, of everything. Obviously, it's very difficult working with partners. You have to get the 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 items to here, and they're they're super busy anyway. So. Next year, Even Strokes is going to be sponsoring the whole of, of MX Manager. We do anticipate it being around about £30,000 in prizes uh, once more. So it's going to be big. Uh, we will have a bike giveaway uh, again for a random winner. And uh, we will work with um, some selected brands throughout the year to, to, to top up the prizes. However, we're going, to, we're going to do some really cool stuff. For those who are interested, it, it, the, the MX Manager is going to be improved. Lewis is going to come up with some changes which he wants to implement. To, uh, he wants to change the game up a little bit. And I'm just going to let him run with it. So um, 
yeah, there's going to be some some good stuff for uh, for MX Manager in 2021. We are going to run it and we are going to go forward. And just want to apologize really for for last year. You know, we're doing the best we can with um, the situation we're in 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 in, in what we have to work with. So um, sometimes we get things right, sometimes we get things wrong. However, by uh, rolling everything over for a year, um, no one loses out on anything. So I hope that's cool. If it's not, honestly, send me an email, james.burfield at mxvice.com, and we can talk through it. It's not an issue. Huge thank you to everybody who entered MX Manager in uh, 2020. There were some real laughs along the way. Um, but trust me, 2021 is going to be very, very, very good. So hopefully that answers. Thanks, Tony Saunders, 58. And that is it for this week's show. As always, we couldn't do this without some, some great partners. They're still on for another year, which uh, says a lot about the podcast show and a lot about you guys out there because the whole reason why these sponsors get involved is because you guys listen. Um, and you, by, by you guys sort of sharing, listening, contributing to the show, and we want to involve this show as well. I mean, Lewis and myself have, have been talking about uh, sections and segments we want to do, and, and we just want to keep the evolution of the show going. So thanks to Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Evenstrokes, Yoko Europe, Supercrosslive.tv, and Talon Engineering. If you get a chance, visit those sites, like their pages. Even if you know you don't purchase anything, just liking their pages in, in, you know, and just supporting them, that's, that, that's, that's great, you know? Also, like to thank Fly Racing. Fly Racing's redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Test on the most advanced equipment in the world. The Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high velocity crashes as well as rotational and low speed impact. Featuring rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the formula helmet has changed the game. Right, before we go, Lewis, before you say bye, top three predictions, 450 go. Well, for this weekend? Yes. Uh, Webb, Sexton... Oh God, I went bold with Sexton and now I've done You did, I, yeah, you I, did. I, I, you... Bold and I don't know where to go from there because I've got so bold. <laughs> oh, no, I'll, I'll take back that boldness. Web, uh, Web, Rocks and Tomac. Okay. I'm going to go crazy. As always, because I know nothing about nothing, so it, it doesn't matter. Um, I'm going to go AC. I'm going to go AC, Webb, Roxon. All right. There we have it. There we have it. 250, Forkner or Lawrence? I think Forkner for round one. Okay. That's a very safe, safe uh, option. I'm going to go Lawrence. Well, not many people would go for her. The Lawrence hype train is moving, so I'm at, I'd probably, I'd, I'd imagine I'm in like the massive minority by doing that. Okay, but it's still a very safe option. But um, huge thanks to all our sponsors. Uh, we love doing this podcast. We love uh, the fact that you guys like the podcast, and um, we're going to be doing more. So um, each week, like we say, we're going to evolve the show. There's going to be more shows. Lewis is 
going out on his own, branching out on his own with his with his own show or shows. So um, more to come on that. But uh, we'll be back next week, and hopefully we'll be talking a lot more Supercross. Say bye, Lewis. See ya. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. The MX Vice Show. 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 Show.